You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Getting in the Word. It is a delight to have you joining us this morning. It's always a privilege to be back together, and uh, I'm thankful for you and uh, glad you're able to be with us today. Uh, We have been studying through, just uh, as a quick reminder, through the book of Romans, not really a study through, but a read through and, and a discussion on what we call the specs, and that is so that we can observe the sins to avoid, promises to keep, examples to follow, commands to obey, and scripture to memorize. And so um, my objective here is to encourage you and give you a methodology by which you can, in your own quiet time, um, uh, have a better personal Bible study, so to speak. And so um, that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to read through Romans chapter 2, and uh, and then I want your participation in, in, in observing the text. Um, this would be kind of an ideal of an inductive Bible study method um, by which we make observation from the text. We observe, we interpret, and we apply. In this process, I, I simply want us to observe and as we observe the text, then, then it allows us to apply the text to our lives by going over the specs. And so when you're at home and you're reading your Bible with you or your children or your family, I want to encourage you that you can use this method as well in your study of God's Word. And so um, I, I trust that this will be a blessing for you as much as it is for me. Again, if you're joining us for the first time here on Getting in the Word, welcome. We are delighted to have you. For all those who are returning, uh, we're grateful for you and uh, always enjoy your participation here on this channel that God has blessed us with, and I trust that it is a blessing to you. And so we we would um, pray that you would partner with us in in the proclamation of the gospel, share far and wide to um, not for popularity but for penetration of the gospel. Um, we know that God says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not destroy it. So um, that's our objective. We know that God will grow um, and put in our path those who who need to hear the gospel so that they can respond to and receive Christ. So, again, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll jump right into Romans chapter 2. And I'm reading from the New American Standard this morning. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy in each one here. God, you are a good God. Even in the midst of a wicked world, um, Lord, throughout history, there have been wicked leaders, wicked generations, and yet, even in the midst of all of that, men like Nero, you, God, are a good God. You delivered your people. You rescued your people. And you tell us that if we will turn our eyes back to you, God, You will restore us. So, Father, I pray for this nation. I pray for the church, that we would be repentant, that we would come to you and admit that we have been a prideful, lazy nation, and we have caused many things which are temporal to become that which are idols. We have worshipped politicians. 
we have worshipped men and women. And God, we have many idols in our day. Help us to recognize them. Repent of the idolatry. And God, help us to focus in on who you are and what you've done so that we can worship you alone as the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We thank you for the price that you paid with your son on Calvary, God, that we might be saved. And for all those who would believe, none would be disappointed, Lord. Help them to see and to hear the gospel of truth for your glory. We ask these things in the precious and the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Well, I'm going to begin this morning again by reading chapter 2. It's a great passage. I read it just beforehand and to familiarize myself with it again. And uh, lots of great truths here uh, of sins to avoid, promises to keep, examples to follow, commands to obey, and scriptures to memorize. So let's begin, if you will, by reading Romans chapter 2. Therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who practice and judge the same things, and we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you not suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same thing yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who, by perseverance in doing good, seek the glory and honor and immorality, eternal life, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. There will be a tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace be to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles do not have the law, instinctively the things of the law, and do them, these, not having the law, are law to themselves." and that they show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternatively accusing or else defending them on the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. 
But if you bear the name Jew, and rely upon the law, and boast in God, and know he his will, and approve the things which are essential, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of foolishness, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and of the truth. You, therefore, who teach another, do not, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, through breaking the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who through having the letter of the law and circumcision are, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is the one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter and praise, his praise is not from men, but from God. Thus ends the reading of Romans chapter 2. So this morning, I pray that that was an encouragement. Lots of stuff there. Um, again, the intention here is to observe the text, to make observations. And so we're going to unmute the chat, and we're going to allow you a few minutes to discuss and to tell me, uh, what, what in the text have you noticed? What did you see? What sins were there to avoid? What promises were there to keep? What examples were there to follow? And what commands were there to obey? And then even what scriptures may be valuable to memorize, to hide in our heart. So we're going to unmute the chat and uh, go ahead one at a time. If you would like, dive in and give me one of the specs that you observed from the text today. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you I, so much. I, I say to say that first. I, I know I remember when I had to defend my master's, do my orals for my master's. That was a big deal. And that yours is a really big deal. So I, I, um, I'm really proud of you. And I know you're, you're proud of yourself and you should be. Um, well, both are big deals. And, um, uh, and, Mine's no bigger than yours. It's it's yeah, they're no, both it, important, it's, it's just but it wonderful. went it went good. Thank you. Good, great. Yeah, mine was easier than I thought. I, my orals, I'll never do this, but 
yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful when you finish it out. Finish it with a headache. <laughs> um, I was I've done a lot of studying on this this week, and and even looked at some other things. But the one of the first things I got out of the first part of it was that God's judging uh, hypocrites. You know that that we um, and in terms of the first sin, uh, pa- us passing judgment on others is a sin. Amen. Yeah. So we have to be very careful that we are not hypocritical in our judgment. And this is very, when you really think about it, we have to be extremely careful because, you know, I mean, these things just pierce to the heart when he asks these questions, doesn't he? Um, it does, and I find it very difficult in terms of, and then I started thinking this week about, well, what's the difference between judging somebody and having an opinion of someone? And I remember Friday night um, when you shared uh, Pastor McCarthy's sermon, I kind of got the idea that he was asking all of you as pastors to judge the hearts of your congregation. Did I misinterpret that? Well, I think that I think what he's suggesting is that as a shepherd, we must know our flock. And the scripture says you will know them by their fruits. Um, the Word of God will be their judge. The Word of God is what will convict their hearts. And certainly, I think as a pastor, it is my responsibility to to know the, the people who are in my church. Um, obviously, if they are, hey, hey, listen, here's the deal. People can fool you. They can have the right answers and in, and, and in the whole time be living a, a life in the dark. And, uh, I, I mean, this is a possibility. I mean, we've seen people who have responded to the gospel. They, they seem to have clarity on the gospel. They've seemed to have professed Christ, um, publicly. They've been baptized. They, they've, they've jumped through all of these spiritual hoops, but in reality, um, you know, sometimes they, they, they fool you because you can only go off of, you know, what, what they say and what you see. And a lot of times, uh, years later, they, they, they come out and you start to see their true colors. And, and then next thing you know, that you find out they're an abuser and, you know, um, and, and those are things that you just, you never really are able to determine the heart of a man only based off of when those things become evident. And so, you know, I get asked a lot of times, um, you say we're not supposed to judge. Well, I say the Scriptures are supposed to judge. Um, I think there is a, a, a reality in which people use this passage of Scripture. Judge not, lest you be judged. And I say, twist not the Word of God, lest you be judged, <laughs> because it assumes here that there is a righteous judgment. There is a righteous um, non-hypocritical judgment in which, but we must make sure that we remove the log from our eye first. So if, if I'm living in adultery, if I'm living a sinful lifestyle, how dare I call anyone to repent of their, you know, adultery? So I think there is a fine balance. Um, I'm never comfortable with just calling people to judge people because, um, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Your sin and my sin are equally sinful. 
Um, but what I do love is that the Word of God is the judge. He will judge. The Spirit of God will judge sin and righteousness. And so we are to just be faithful in the proclamation of the gospel. That doesn't mean that we as pastors should be ignorant to the reality of you know, public sin. Um, but we, we need to know our people. We need to know, like, do they really know the gospel? And it's why I preach the gospel almost every Sunday. I want to be faithful in that because I don't want to be foolish to believe that everybody in the church is a believer. I know for a fact that we have many in our congregation who have never bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. And so my prayer is that God would open their eyes, that he would give them the hearts to believe. But that's God's deal, right? That's God's timing. He, the Spirit of God, will convict men of sin. And so it's it's my job to be faithful in the proclamation of the truth. And you know what? There are many times when I do approach individuals on a private level, and we talk about things. We talk about sin, and, and, and many times they don't even see it. And so it's a growing process. So I think what John MacArthur is saying is know your congregation. Know your people. And the only way you can know your people is to get involved in their lives, to spend time with them. You know, we've been here at Family Bible Fellowship for five years. And for five years, my wife and I have dated individuals in the church. Their wives and husbands double date every week, either Thursday or Friday night. For five years, we have consistently engaged with our people. We've talked to them. We've heard their, uh, you know, problems. We've heard their concerns and and so the reality is, is you, you, you must know your people. There's a book that, that I think is entitled um, Smell Like Sheep. And the idea is that you get so close to your body of believers that as a shepherd, you start to smell like the sheep. And uh, a good elder, a good pastor, um, a good bishop, um, all same terminology in the scriptures, um, will know his flock well, and he will spend time with them and care for them and shepherd them. And while we are growing as a church, we have a plurality of elders, and each one of them are expected to engage the sheep, um, to love on the flock, to know them, and to bring judgment against those individual sins that they see. And we do it in a loving manner, and we call out sin when we see it but we do it privately, and we do it in the, the framework of Scripture. So I hope that's helpful. Yes, you're right. We have to make sure that, that we follow the example. So this is kind of an example to follow and a sin, and a sin uh, you know, to, to, to get away from, avoid, um, and that is unrighteous judgment, meaning hypocritical judgment. So uh, great, great insight there. Anybody else? Sins to avoid. Promises to keep. Examples to follow. Commands to obey. Scripture to memorize. Good morning, Pastor. Hey, go ahead, Vicki, and then David up next. Hi, good morning. Congratulations. I'm sure everybody's going to say congratulations. Well, thank you, Vicky. I appreciate it. It's uh, 
it's a blessing to be um, at least over that section. I have some more hurdles to jump over, but uh, by God's grace, we will complete the the edits this week and resubmit um, before the 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 28th of this month. That's my plan. So we only have a few days, but we're going to work diligently on it to get it submitted so we have plenty of time for edits even after those edits. Amen. Well, you'll be in prayer. Thank you. So Thank you. Mm-hmm, scripture to memorize. Yeah, great. Be, I, think, I, I think a great one for salvation sanctification would be uh, verse 7. Those who keep on doing good and are looking for his greatness and honor will receive life that lasts forever. I I didn't hear anything. I'm sorry. Maybe somebody else heard. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So I uh, scripture to memorize for salvation. I think very important for salvation sanctification would be verse seven. Those who keep on doing good and are looking for his greatness and honor will receive life that lasts forever. Mm, yeah, right. And there is, a, you know, an important distinction to to look at when we see these things. These things are the result of salvation, right? Like they they are not the the means by which we are saved. Um, you know, we're not saved by our deeds or by our works, but, you know, the old saying is you're saved by faith alone and Christ alone, by grace alone, but that that faith that saves is never alone. It's always accompanied by good works, and uh, and we're all living for eternity in a, in a reality. Uh, the question is the quality of that life, and um, will it be in heaven or will it be in hell? And so, yeah, it's a great, uh, just a great reminder um, that God will render to each person according to his deeds. And, uh, and so there is a benefit uh, for, um, for perseverance of the saints and, and giving God glory through our lives and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ with, you know, um, a life that is moral and, uh, and, and honoring to the Lord. And, uh, yes, so, good. Anybody else? Hello, Pastor. Hey, David, go ahead, brother. And congratulations. Uh, I know that is quite the challenge. So <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that you got the tough part over with, and, and that's, that's just a real blessing. Um, Thank you. I appreciate I, I it, David. Did, I've been pondering something here recently it's it's kind of um well it's just been on my heart and i don't expect an answer because i still haven't come up with an answer myself but um about 10 years ago my only daughter michelle um, died from a, pardon me, she died from a drug interaction, but to be perfectly honest, she, she had a drug problem, 
and I should have I should have noticed it and I should have been there to help her get it under control. So my point is in God's word, you know, Jesus tells us, you know, he's, he's talking about why do we worry about the clothes we wear or the food that we eat, you know, if, and, and if, if our child, you know, asks us for food, are we going to give them a stone? And, and if we can show that love towards our own children, how much more so can he? And so I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that, you know, because I, I, I grew up in the church. My, my children, my daughter grew up in the church. I, I also have a stepdaughter. Um, and they know Jesus Christ. Uh, they, they, they were taught, but unfortunately they saw their, their father was not exactly living the life that he should have been living. And so, you know, they, they learned from that. We, we, we as parents really must understand we are training up and teaching our children, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or accept it or not, the fact is we are. They see us for what we are. You know, and, and we can tell a good story and we can go to church every week and go to Bible study in the middle of the week. I, you know, I did it for years, and yet I still wasn't practicing. Should have been. So, you know, it, it just, I, I'm hopeful that the grace of God and his kindness and loving kindness and mercy will extend to the point of, you know, giving, giving my children another chance. That's all. Yeah, that's, uh, David, certainly appreciate that. And, and, um, I, I think that you're dealing with, with what any father would deal with, um, is, is feeling guilt. Um, but, but I want to encourage you that, uh, the, you know, the reality is, is uh, our children make their decisions and um, we come alongside and we encourage and, 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 and you, I don't think it ever feel like you could have done enough, but I, I want you to, you know, just snuggle tight to the sovereignty of God, that God is in absolute control and he allows people to make their decisions and to do the things they do. Um, and we have a, we always have a desire. I think, um, we feel a responsibility to, to sometimes even minimize, minimize the consequence of someone else's uh, bad choice. Um, but in reality, we, 
And while we, we are called to, to be a, an, a rescuer, so to speak, of those who are being taken away um, by the sins of this world, by death, um, to kind of hold back those who are stumbling into the slaughter, we can only do that as much as it depends on us. And um, so I, I just want to encourage you that uh, God is a God of grace and God is a God of mercy. You know that. I don't need to tell you that, David. Um, but, you know, don't don't apply those issues to you and, and, and allow that to um, hinder your walk with the Lord because there's, um, there is a reality when your sin is your sin and her sin is her sin and her lifestyle is her lifestyle and we all have a consequence. I talked about this yesterday on Tamatly Talks about suffering and there is a just suffering and there's an unjust suffering and we in our day like to see de- the devil under every stone, every rock and I don't believe that is the case. I believe much of the suffering we face is a result of our actions. And those things that don't honor God, those things that are, you know, um, those things that we do that are not pleasing to the Lord, they have consequences. I've used the illustration before that, hey, listen, God can forgive, and certainly he does, but that doesn't mean they're not consequences for our sin. And so, you know, when you put a nail in a piece of board, you can remove the nail. That's the forgiveness but many times there's that hole still stays. That hole still stays there. There's an effect of it. And I think you're dealing with the effect of someone else's sin. Don't apply that to you. And um, you you certainly, as a father, will, will always feel like you could have done more. I had a very dear friend of mine who I went through Bible college with, and uh, he took his life. Uh, he sent me a message on Facebook. By the time you get this in the morning, I'll be gone. Here's the address in the ambulance. And I was devastated um, because I, I had felt like I I noticed everything after he was gone. But while he was alive, I missed it. And I felt like much of what he was going through was a lack of my involvement in his life. And and, and I just had to be reminded, David, that God is in control and that he, in his walk with the Lord, w- was obviously dealing with some things, pain and suffering and some other issues. Um, but I had to completely give that to God and say, God, you know, you, you knew exactly what was happening that night. You knew exactly what was happening that day, and you allowed it. And then therefore, um, I trust you that you are a good God even in the midst of tragedy. And I think he is. And so don't apply those um, things to you. Don't allow the enemy to disrupt your life with the sins of somebody else, even if it's your own child. Mourn their loss. Understand that, yes. But don't let an ongoing guilt weigh you down um, because your your sin has been cast as far as the east is from the west. And so, um, yeah, that's my encouragement to you. I, I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know. I don't even know if there's really a question there. Um, but as much as, as it is, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I know you well enough, David. You know all of those things. And and I don't want to negate the the, the the pain that you deal with on a regular basis, I'm certain, of 
feeling those things. But I want you to know that's not from God. That's the enemy trying to distract and distort. Are there things we could have done? Sure. But in, in, in reality, you know, God's in control. and Therefore, God allowed what happened to happen. And, um, and we just have to trust that he is a good God even in the midst of those things. So, Thank you. Yeah, David. And I'm praying for you, friend. Anybody else this morning? Sins to avoid, promises to keep, examples to follow, commands to obey, and scripture to memorize in relation to Romans 2. Good morning, Pastor Stewart. Good morning. How are you, friend? I'm doing well. Congratulations on your uh, 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 doctor's degree, doctorate. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm um, glad over, glad to be oh, done. Uh, <laughs> I was reading over Romans chapter 2 all week at, since the last class we had. Great. On one. Amen. And for me, halfway through at verse 11, mm-hmm. and I may be off, but this is what I'm kind of pulling from it, was for there is no respect of persons with God. Um, when mm-hmm. I looked at the reference verse, go back to Deuteronomy 10, 17, it reads, for the Lord your God is God of all gods and Lord of all lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. So through the whole chapter 2, he talks about um, between the Jew and the Gentile. He talks about between the teacher and the student. So verses for me to memorize, I would say, would be, I mean, he sums it up perfectly from verse 25 to 29 where it talks about the circumcision and the difference. Those that are without the law or did not know the law but have the law naturally in their heart are are just as valued to God as those that because the Gentile did not have the law. Right. Unless I'm, unless I'm misinterpreting it. So I would go with, I mean, I'm, I'm, I really find the last uh, five verses of that chapter to be pretty much a summary of what he's talking about through all the differences between, you know, how he has no respect for, or there's no respect to certain persons. I mean, this is for everybody, and it's for those that either are are circumcised and have the law and keep the law to those that don't have the law but keep the law naturally to those that then turn their life over to Christ and work through sanctification to obtain uh, salvation. I mean, I may be off, but that's kind of where I'm at with this chapter. No, I think I think that uh, here in Romans chapter two, verse eleven, we we see that a partiality uh, simply deals with the reality that. That, that God um, is not considering individuals more special because of who they are, um, whether they're Jew or whether they're Gentile, um, based off of their you know position of authority or even the, the influences that they have in, in the world today. Listen, the reality is, is there are some who have much more money, much more influence, much more position, much more, you know, clout, so to speak. But in, in, in reality, God is not a respecter of persons. 
He, he is not a he is not a God who shows partiality. The rich man and the poor man, guess what? In the face of God, are equal. Um, and and I think this is this is what's uh, you know such an important element of understanding that um, that God doesn't show partiality. Um, so he's not a, you know, James 2, uh, my brother, do not hold your faith in, in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. God is not a respecter of persons, meaning, uh, you know, that's important, especially in face of the Jew Gentile. Um, the Jews didn't think the Gentiles were part of the covenant promise, and really they weren't. Praise God for God sending Paul on the road to Damascus. That I'm sending to the Gentiles to open their eyes, right? So they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so they might receive forgiveness for their sins. So, you know, the reality is, is, is this is a, a a countenance, a a, you know, um, the 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 Greek word here literally means to receive a face, and so that's ultimately uh, to give consideration to someone who is simply um, because of who they are in their position. That's not God. And so, you know, I think it's a good um, verse to memorize because it reminds us that in the eyes of God, every single one of us are equal, no matter our standing, no matter our finances, no matter any of that. In the eyes of God, when we stand before God, he ain't going to go, hey, how much money did you have? You're either a child of God or you're not. And, um, and I think that's the important aspect here. Um, so it is certainly... A, a, a an example to follow if God is not a person who respects men in that fashion mean he doesn't have a higher regard for the rich or the poor then we ought to the same thing and you know you want to talk about critical race theory you want to talk about you know social injustice you want to talk about the social gospel here it is Throw that junk out of the window. Let's just be biblical. Let's talk biblical terms. God is not a respecter of person. He don't care if you're black, you're white. Listen, in reality, we are all brown. We're just a different pigment of brown. There's only one race. It's the human race. And, 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 and I think here we can certainly learn as a way of example that if the God of the universe is not a respecter of person, he does not show partiality, then you and I, all of humanity, ought not show partiality to one race, uh, one color of that race versus another, rich versus poor. And that's important because we live in a world where there are levels, isn't it, of, um, of respectability. But hey, when it comes to eternal life, when it comes to God, we are all on the same playing field. All those things go out the window, and that's why he says, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and forfeit his soul? Who cares about what you have? What, who cares about the authority you have? You wouldn't have it if God wouldn't have given it. So don't be you know, like these who are a respecter of a person, who gives those who are in prominence a, a greater position. No, we're equal. At Family Bible Fellowship, we are equal. Everybody gets the same treatment, period. It doesn't matter who you are. And in my life, um, 
I try my best with all of my ability to, to be the same way toward whoever it is. And so we're equally guilty of this when we give respect, right? This is, you think about it. <clears throat> if we show favoritism to an African-American in our church, we're equally guilty of this because we want the, inter, you know, the, the multicultural venue. We have to be careful that we don't give one side more attention than the other. Regardless, we, we love them, we show them grace, and we respect them as one another, both white, black, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, whatever it is, whatever nationality someone is, when they walk into our church, we are to show them equal love and compassion and grace because that's the way God operates. He is not a respecter of persons. So good, yeah, that's a great one. Um, Great in great. Amen. Great Pastor Stewart. Amen. Yeah, yep. Anybody else? Good morning, Pastor Stewart. Good morning. How are you, friend? I am doing well. Congratulations on all your hard work. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, big thanks to my wife and uh, and Dr. Fiorello, which he's not on here, but um, they they helped a lot with. Uh, editing and and uh, so I'm grateful for for their participation um, and all of your participation um, online and and in house at Family Bible Fellowship um, through everything that was done. So thank you guys as well. All right. Well, um, I have um, for sins to avoid. Um, I think verses. Um, 21 through 24, where he says, You therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? And you who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, Do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? And you who abhor idols, um, do you not rob temples and make your boast in the law? Do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So these are obviously sins to avoid. And also there's an underlying theme once again of hypocrisy that we can see here. Yeah, great. Great insight. Yeah, that was probably the biggest takeaway for me was, again, there seems to be this flow of hypocrisy among the Jews um, and and Jesus drawing that out, um, or Paul drawing that out, and and emphasizing the 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 necessity to evaluate ourselves. Um, so yeah, great. Yeah, um, you who teach, do you not teach yourself? Um, that you know it. That may sound silly, but um, when you are in full time ministry and you're preaching all the time. It's, it's easy to not teach yourself and to just become a teacher to others. And so I can see the tension there among those who have been called to teach um, that we need to make sure we're teaching ourselves. So, yeah, good. Anybody else? 
Hi, Pastor Stewart. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Linda, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. God bless you, and, and yes, congratulations. Thank you. I'm grateful. I appreciate you. Praise the Lord. Um, so, yeah, the scripture verse that sticks out to me would be um, verse 4, where um, it says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Mm. And I think that um, the key is repentance, and it's all from God, but it's through the repentance that we are able to um, do the deeds of the law mm. and show that it's written in our hearts. And so that comes from the Lord. And this chapter was kind of reminding me of um, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who, you know, they went up to pray and it just shows the two hearts and the Pharisee was thinking, you know, that um, he approved the things that were excellent and, you know, was, he just was into all the things that he had done, but yet he wasn't approved by God. But the tax collector was humble and he was repentant. And I think if you carried out their lives, you would see from the tax collector that the works of the law had been written in his heart because um, of the Lord's grace in his life. And, and so um, we see goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. That's God's mercy mm -hmm. on us. We should be snuffed out. And he is so patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. That I wanted to share. Yeah, verse 4 is a great verse, a great reminder of God's goodness. And uh, it's an example of his common grace uh, to humanity in which he, he, he doesn't destroy you and I in the moment of our sin. Uh, we deserve that. When we sin, when we rebel, he has all right to destroy us because we've, we've broken the law of God, but in his grace and his mercy, he, he withholds, he suppresses his judgment. There is a day that he will come now. Uh, the same way he went up is the same way he'll come back, and he will come back with the, the pure flaming wrath and justice of God. He will bear down judgment on those who do not obey the gospel and those who do not... Um, you know, I think it's Second Thessalonians one eight and nine um, that 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 emphasize that that God will pour out His judgment on those who do not obey God and those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is this judgment that's coming, but in the moment, yeah, uh, he, he is patient towards us. He is tolerant toward us. And how much more should we be toward one another? Like we want to crucify people when they sin. And we and it's like we're we're blind to the fact that we sin. I, I think I learned this most as a father to my children. And if you have children, you know where I'm going because you've been there. You remember that time when you disciplined your child and God put in your heart? You did the same thing. Well, you're right, Lord. So I think it's always a good reminder to realize that if we understand and look at people 
uh, in the same boat as we are, right? Like we're redeemed, we're, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. I get that. Yes, amen. The gospel saves us. Um, but there is a process of sanctification by which God is doing that work. And we, we have to be hesitant to, to just, you know, crucify somebody when they sin. We have to be, as God, be patient, humble, tolerant, not knowing the kindness of God, understanding that, that it is this that leads to repentance. And so, yeah, it's a great reminder of God's goodness and his grace uh, that he is a patient and tolerant God, even when we are wrong. Um, and, and that always draws us back to repentance, getting on our knees and asking God for forgiveness. And uh, I'm just overwhelmed many times by God's goodness. And I go, God, you, how, how I can live this life on this earth and not be completely obliterated um, is is absolutely a testimony of God's grace, um, because when we sin, we know we know what we're doing, and and we we repent and we go to God and we say, God, forgive me, and He's gracious. So yeah, good one. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, good morning. Colleen. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing well, thank you. Wonderful. Um, I have I have something I would like to ask you to clarify, but first I wanted to say congratulations, and I so appreciate the way that you keep us up to date with what's going on with you and sending pictures and videos when you were in California, and especially the the last night, the worship service um, and the and the message was so wonderful. Yeah. And um, I just thank you. We missed you, but it was great to it was I was rejoicing with. Mm, you know, amen. The, the way that you could get get away and be with all those men of God and under great teaching and worship and um, glad that you're back safe. Yeah, I'm glad and, to be back. Yeah, I was listening to to Motley Talks 18 last night just before I went to bed and mm-hmm. um, I, I that's that was a great message too and I just want to tell you you and Lynn both have the most soothing voices mm-hmm. and and on just naturally and then just on top of that for y'all to be talking about you know God's word and it was just the best thing to listen to before going to bed um anyway um i uh oh and the last thing you just said about parents you know disciplining their kids and the holy spirit saying but you just do the same thing oh my gosh when god called me to be homeschool mom and i was with them 24 7 that was just (laughs) such a sanctifying fire oh my goodness i can hear my wife going amen amen so so many times I just had to just run into my room and just get on the floor and cry just just the way God was convicting me and just you know sanctifying me through that process because I was I was not I didn't want to or plan to do homeschooling but he called me to it and um and I'm so glad he did but it was so difficult in the beginning and well and I just look back and I just can only say it was only by his grace that I got through it and uh, that they're doing good. <laughs> but my question mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Um, in in this mm-hmm. chapter, so in the beginning, in, in chapter one, he says in verse seven, you know, he's he's taught his audiences to the saints. Called he says to all the Rome who are loved by God, called to be saints. And in chapter one, when he's talking about all the depravity, he's using they and them. 
But in this chapter, um, especially like in, in starting in verse 5, he's talking about your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. So my question is, I guess there's a disconnect there for me. Um, if he's talking to the saints and we're saved from God's wrath, can you reconcile that for me? Yeah, I just think he's speaking to two distinct groups within. Um, we know that, and I think Scripture's clear that the wheat and the tare are mixed, and I think he's addressing two different groups here, um, the unredeemed and the redeemed. The deeds of the redeemed are, are not the basis of their salvation, but rather evidence. They're not uh, perfect or um, and and they are, you know, like anybody, prone to sin. Um, but there is, um, but there is in those who are children of God, the evidence, the fruit of true conversion. And so, um, I just think he's addressing two different distincts without, you know, digging into the details of it. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, um. Yeah, that's, I mean, the you know, most letters are written to individual churches, you know, and individual believers, and, mm -hmm. uh, and but in the midst of that, you can hear that, you know, as even John suggested in his final message, is that not everybody sitting in front of you is a believer. We would yeah. be foolish to believe that, and I think Paul understands that as well. Um. Um, they they are certainly loved by God as his um, as his children, um, and there are saints and there are ain'ts, <laughs> and they're all mixed. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? You just reminded me when you said that about the the, the colloquialisms that you the, yeah. that you have to uh, correct and edit. And I'm like, I love that part of of you. And I know it's not it's not I guess it's not proper in a dissertation or a thesis or whatever paper, but don't don't ever don't ever get rid of that in your, in yeah your no unfortunately i don't know how to get rid of that that's why i need <laughs> that's why i need uh somebody who's not colloquial in their language to help uh <laughs> put this thing together you know so it, it is a process and uh yeah. but yeah uh, that that would be where i i would go with that and, and again it's not like i've uh, preached this or studied this in depth i mean uh, really this is you know, the intention here is observation, not necessarily interpretation at this point. But I'm, I'm glad to interpret what I think off the top of my head without a great amount of study. Um, I can look at the notes here um, and see. Yeah, I, I think that most would agree with that, at least what I'm seeing. In, in a, it's two different groups that he's addressing. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Have a blessed day. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, I, I want to say while we're here, thank you to the admin. They're always such a great blessing. Uh, Michael and Cher and, and Patty and my wife and Lila and so many others who have just been a real blessing uh, to getting in the word. And, and so thank you guys for all you do. And it's always a privilege uh, to to serve alongside of those folks. And we have members of our church here, Jim Larnish. Hello, brother. Hope you're doing well. And, uh, yeah, so thank you guys. And uh, we're just so grateful for each one of you. All right, I saw High Desert. What's up, brother? Good morning. How are you, friend?
Hey, good morning. I'm doing well. Congratulations. Ah, we, praise the Lord. Are we going to yes. be able to read your... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm we, sure it'll be a process. It <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be in book form. So I think uh, from what I've heard, they charge like 70 bucks a book. So, um, yeah. Oh. I don't know how much they'll be out. Okay. Let's just well, say that. Yeah, it's, it'll be worth it. I'm sure. <laughs> but um yeah yeah thank well, you what I, 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 my, my observation today was uh um like in 13 verse 13 for it is not those who hear the word or the law that are righteous or, you know the ones that are obeying the law so he's i'm thinking he's talking to these folks because uh they're not walking the walk you know, they're, they may be talking the talk, but not walking the walk. And it shows how, you know, difficult that can be for all of us, you know, and we have to keep that in mind. So just, I don't know, I may be off a little bit on that, but, uh, you know, that's one of the many things I unpack in this chapter. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Anybody else? Well, guys, it's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, and grateful for the time that we've had together. I pray that you were blessed in our time, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Pastor Gideon will deliver a message. Um, and then we'll be back Thursday and Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And and so join us for that. We would love to have you. And pray you have a great day and uh, continue to press on. And as we say, go and be awkward. Well, guys, thanks again. Pray you have a great week. God bless you. And uh, may he continue to grow you and uh, the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ as you serve him. Love you guys. God bless. And then have a great week. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. And be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.